to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God, Rich Kallenberg shares 10 messages about God who loves you more than you can imagine. A God that wants you to understand Him. And yes, a God that welcomes your difficult questions about Himself and the way He runs His universe. Rich found freedom 18 years ago from his out-of-control life of drug addiction and alcoholism when God found him. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich on Freedom to Choose. Let me ask you a question. What are ashes and smoke in regards to a fire? They're the residue. They're what's left over. Ashes and smoke. When you commit an act, doesn't matter what it is, and the act is done, what is left over? The memory. That's all that's left is the memory. You may have smoke, the memory, and you may have ashes, the scars. But that's all that's left. The memory of these people's deeds will ascend forever and ever. And believe it or not, sadly enough to say, that will keep the universe secure. Does that make sense to you? Knowing how bad sin is and what it did to some people's family and friends when they had to go through this. The smoke of that torment ascends forever and ever. They're not tormented forever and ever. The smoke ascends. The memory. This is my cat, Mr. Mr. was very, very sick. Now, if you were here Saturday night, you heard Susan and my testimony that, you know, for well over half of my adult life, I've been on drugs. So we got clean and sober 16 years ago, both of us. And right around that time, we got that cat, Mr. Well, about this last summer, he got really sick. And I will talk about it in another presentation of what happened, because I don't want to get into that right now. But you know when an animal's sick, they go and they hide, and you can't find them. They just want to be alone. Well, Mr. had gone under the bed, and I'll never forget this. He had gone under the bed, and it was right when I found out he was really sick, and he was probably going to die. And I, and I, you know, and now, the reason I said that Susan and I got married 16 years ago, and this cat we got about the same time because we don't have any children because we couldn't take care of ourselves so we don't have any children so he's my child and he's under the bed and I think he's going to buy the farm you know and so I can remember I'm, I'm, I'm lying down there reaching under the bed just just trying to touch him you know and w- when I touch him all the things came through my mind on how I treated that cat when he was hungry, and I pushed him away. I mean, everything, technicolor. When he used to come up and meow on my face, and I'd get so mad at him, and all it was was his water bowl was full, was empty. You understand what I'm saying? And time after time after time, and here I am talking to this cat, telling the cat I'm sorry. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm sobbing like a little baby. And, 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 the, and the images just kept coming and coming and coming. And I'm telling the cat I'm sorry. And I don't know the cat's going to die. But see, I had the opportunity to tell the cat I was sorry. These people don't have that opportunity. And it begins to destroy them. It's tormenting. And as Jesus reads and shows time after time after time, and I can imagine, no more, Lord, I'm done. No, we have to go through this. We have to go through this. Now notice this. This is speaking of Satan's destruction. Okay? I want you to read it very carefully. Thou hast defiled the sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. Where does the fire come from? inside. Interesting. Do you find this interesting? Now, I had lunch with Cliff the other day, and Cliff consumed his lunch. He consumed it. What does it mean to consume something? There's nothing left, right? That's what consummation is, right? Nothing left. Okay. The Lord thy God is a what? Consume a what? Consuming fire. Consuming fire. Okay? It is our guilt and our shame that ignites. I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. I don't understand the physio physiology of it. I don't profess to understand that. But this is what the Bible says. God is a consuming fire. He will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. How does that work? I, I'm not positive, but once again, Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, if our God is a consuming fire, how are we going to spend eternity with him? You ever wonder about that? You know, you just get more questions. You ask one question and you get more and more and more. Okay. Is everybody tracking with me so far? Are we right on the same page? Okay. Got a thumbs up. Okay. So now we ask the question, if our God is a consuming fire, how are we going to spend eternity with him? Notice Isaiah 33.10. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. You conceive chaff, you give birth to stubble. Your breath is a fire that will consume you. And the peoples will be as if burned to lime like thorns cut down that are burned in the fire. What happens when you throw thorns in the fire? They burn up. They are consumed, right? Notice Isaiah 33:14. Here is the good news, folks. This is the good news. This is the gospel right here. <clears throat> Excuse me. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. Now the question is asked. Who? They're asking the question we just asked. Okay? Because it, it seems hopeless, right? 
Who among us can dwell in the consuming fire? Okay, what is God? Our God is a consuming fire. Who among us can dwell in the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell in everlasting burning? How long are the burnings? Everlasting. The burnings are. Not the consuming. The burnings. Okay? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppression, who shakes his hands lest they take a bribe, who stops his ears from hearing bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking on at evil. See, God is not going to light a blowtorch. He doesn't have a split personality. He is a consuming fire. I want you to notice once again, I'm going to read this text again in a different version because it's really interesting here. First, Daniel describes, because remember the question is asked, who can, who can dwell in everlasting burnings? Who can dwell in this consuming fire? And Daniel describes in vision, he says, I beheld till thrones were cast down, and the, who's the ancient of days? God. And the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was what? like a fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Okay? Now I want you to notice the next verse. A fiery stream issued and came forth before him. Now notice. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. These people are standing in this fiery stream. Fire, glory everywhere. That's God's glory. It's love to the umpteenth power. We can't comprehend it. It's a consuming fire to a sinful human being. Yet these holy beings can stand right in it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, Let's read Isaiah 33, 14 again in a different version. This is a little more dramatic here. The sinful people of Zion are trembling with fright. They say God's judgment is like a fire that burns forever. Okay? His what? His judgment is like a fire that burns forever. Can any of us survive a fire like that? There's the question again. We just asked it in several different ways, right? There's the question. The answer, you can survive if you say and do what is right. That's a pretty simple equation, but there's a problem. I can't say and do what's right. How about you? Huh? Ever. I got a problem with saying and what is doing right. Here's the gospel again. That gospel comes in and saves us every time, doesn't it? The only way that a person can say and do what is right is if he walks with Jesus. That's the only way. Okay? Do you remember in the book of Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar put a big image up of gold because he didn't like God's version of the story, so he made his own version of the story, which we'll study in the book of Daniel after the seminar. Okay? So he puts up an image of gold. And he wants everybody to bow down to the image because his image symbolized that his kingdom was going to last forever, even though God said it wasn't going to. So he makes this huge image. 
and he wants everybody, everybody to bow down to it. And he had some Hebrew slaves there that wouldn't do that. And we'll pick up the story here in Daniel 3.12. There are certain Jews whom you have pointed over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image that I've set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of every kind of music, fall down and worship the image that I've set up, and everything will be made well and good. In other words, I'm going to give you a second check. Chance, there's the image. When you hear the music, you fall down and worship, and we'll forget about the whole thing. Everything will be fine. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands? What do you think? Better bow down, huh? If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it made known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. In other words, we don't even need a second chance. We're not bowing down. Don't bother with the music. Our God will save us from this problem, and if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. That's their answer. This did not make the king happy. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and again. These people were friends. And the expression of his face was changed against them. He was very upset. Now, he ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it usually was heated. If you're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, your knees shaking a little bit right now? Huh? I'd be quivered up. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments and were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Now, was the furnace hot? Because the king's order was so urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the guys that threw them in consumed. Daniel 3.23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. 
and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. The King James Version says, the son of God. Who are they walking with? And the fire has no power over them. Notice, then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace, and he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Now, something very interesting that I just thought of right now that I had not thought of before. What did Nebuchadnezzar call them? Servants of the who? Most High God. Who are they walking with? Jesus. Has Nebuchadnezzar just been converted? Tell me yes or no. How come the burning fire furnace didn't fry him? Are you with me? He came near to the... The other guys threw him in and burned him up. But he says, this is God. I want to walk with Jesus. And he came right over. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps and the prefects and the governors... And the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not any power over the bodies of those men. Do you find, is that good news? Do you find this interesting? Now, as I go through my Bible, I see two options. How many? Two options. And it is crystal clear. Crystal clear. Whoever believes in the Son has what? Eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall have eternal life in hell. No, shall not see life. Our God is a consuming fire, but what does it consume? Our guilt and our shame. He who walks righteously can stand in that consuming fire. He who, he who can't gets consumed. Let's look at another text. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. If you don't believe, you don't have eternal life in hell. There's no such thing as eternal life in hell. Only those who believe have eternal life because God is an eternal fire. That fire consumes if we're out of harmony with God. Once again, for God, so this is the clearest text, and it's the one most used, and I cannot understand how it gets twisted. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever shall believe in him should not, what's the options? Should not perish, but have eternal life. Two options. John Robert W. Scott was an English Christian leader who, and was a noted leader in the worldwide evangelical movement. In 2005, Time Magazine ranked Scott as among the most 100 most influential people in the world. Stott publicly supported the belief that hell is incineration into non-existence rather than everlasting conscious torment, the tra traditional evangelical approach. The ultimate annihilation of the wicked should at least be accepted as a legitimate, biblically founded alternative to the eternal conscious torment. Which one makes more sense to you? And I give, John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life that they shall never, what? Perish. What does it mean to perish? It is so simple. 
They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Romans 5.21, that as sin hath reigned unto what? Death, even so might grace, run th grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What are the options? Death and life. Those are the two options. Does this make God look a little better than someone sitting with a blowtorch tormenting people forever and ever and ever? He has given us every chance to live in harmony with him. And that's all he wants. Live in harmony with me. And you can live and we can be in love together. But if you're out of harmony with me, I'm sorry, that's not how I run my universe. This is not what... God does not want to destroy anyone. He does not want to destroy anyone. But eventually, this universe has to return to normal. This is not normal. This planet is not normal. It's messed up. That's why you're here. You have questions. Why is the planet so messed up? One reason is because a lot of us have such a twisted concept of God that we don't want to come to him. Does this help in coming to God? For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Through who? Christ Jesus. If we walk with Jesus, we can stand with God. Uh-oh, I got Chinese. Our question for tonight, once again, is who is in charge of hell? When I, when I run this over from one computer to the other, I have to change fonts, and I missed that one. So that's kind of exciting there, isn't it? So anyway, our question for tonight, if you can see that, see our, yeah, is who is in charge of hell? Hell in the Greek, the word is Hades, okay? And it says Hades, or the place or state of the departed, the grave or hell, okay? Now, we're going to use the Bible, science, history, and what? Common sense. Common sense. Notice Revelation 20, verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the what? Dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to the works. Where must these people be if Hades means the grave and hell means the grave? And death and hell delivered up the dead. Where must they be? They're in the grave. And they're raised and they're judged. When they were on Highway 193 and... We're sitting there. It was, they had traffic control and everything, and, and they had uh, they were doing. Tykert was doing some work on the on the road, and so they finally let us go, and we're taking off, and I'm driving along, and all of a sudden I hear this like I'm going through water. I'm going, this is not right. And we get all the way to the end of the road, and what had happened was, was some guy had gone around the pilot car, and everybody followed him, and I was about eight or ten cars back, and I was just following along. Right? We got to the end, and I said, that, that was tar. We pulled over. Sure enough, we'd driven through tar. This, this is just one part. My whole truck was covered. We ended up having the, the, they paid us to get it cleaned off. They just blew it, you know. The, and so the, the point of the matter is, I was blindly following somebody. You know what I'm saying? 
And it turned out to be a real mess. And that's what happens. We, have, we, we built a biblical foundation here tonight. We used many, many texts. It's very clear, and the main thing is it doesn't do violence to God's character. It doesn't do violence to God's character. But if we blindly follow people, we're going to have problems. We're going to get in mess. And I blindly followed someone, and I got in a real mess there. And so, I don't know about you, but when I learned this truth, it reset my whole way of thinking about God. And now I can picture an all-knowing, all-loving God who all he wants to do, all he wants to do is embrace me. But if I'm not walking with Jesus, he cannot embrace me. I wonder how frustrating that would be for God. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to put his arms around you. Do I love my neighbor? Do love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose and this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God. If you or someone you know is living in addiction captivity and having trouble finding God, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself or someone you know, just give them a call and they'll send it to you. 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.